Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite co-host, Dan the Mandarin. What's up, Dan? Well, Jenny, I'm happy. I'm happy because an old friend of mine is, is a guest on our podcast today, and I'm really excited to learn from Mr. Ed again and, uh, uh, you know, take a deeper dive into what he does. Awesome. Very nice. Well, tell us a little bit about our guest today before we bring him on. Yes, Ed Harold, And I'm, I, I'm just going to call him a breathing expert. Now, we all breathe, granted. So I guess you could say we're all uh, you know, pretty good at it. Uh, that's why we're still upright. However, Ed has taken the science of breathing to a much deeper level. He's a former professional athlete. He's an author. He's an educator. So I'm actually going to pass the microphone over to Ed so that he can tell us a little bit more about his background. Give, give, give us, give us some, some story here, Ed. Welcome, Ed. Hey, Jenny, thanks so much. It's great to meet you and Dan. Nothing but the best for you, man. I really appreciate you having me on. So I was a rambunctious young kid growing up in the late 60s, early 70s, and the beaches of uh, southern New Jersey. So I was always out in the ocean, whether it be surfing or uh, body surfing, rowing the boats, sailing. So I was in the water at a very young age. And when I was a kid growing up, you know, it was basically football, basketball, and baseball. We just rotated through this every year and everything was super competitive. It was fight to the death and it was, you know, everything was just super intense and the competition was really great. I had some modest gifts. I, I made it to a, a few state finals, but, you know, that was really as far as I went. And uh, as I got older, I really got involved in marathons, ocean swimming. So I'd be involved in swimming races that went from anywhere from a couple hours up to 12 hours. And I had a strong relationship with the water. And I began to understand movement at a much deeper level and uh, flow states that were in the brain. So what comes to life from competitive sports is eventually your body can't keep up with the mental demands anymore. And I began to move into some of the Eastern arts where we focused on breath and we focused on angles of movement, how we're moving the body, patterns of movement, how we're moving our mind. Are we efficient getting from point A to point B? And in exercise, we take ourselves out of balance and we recalibrate back into balance when we're done. So it was really, it's still an exploration, but the real thing that turned me on was learning how to bring Eastern breath techniques into Western training of frequency, intensity, and duration. Wow, that's awesome. So first of all, I want to rewind for a moment. 12 hours of swimming in the ocean? Like, did you make yeah. it to the middle? <laughs> first of all, Ed, that's how I'm going to die. I decided a long time ago that I was going to die by a shark. So I try to avoid the situation where possible. So good for you. Like I have anxiety just listening to you talk about swimming in the open ocean. That's a thing. 
Yeah, you know, there was, it was a professional tour, and it had athletes from all major continents. Uh, the greatest swimmers, distance swimmers, were coming out of South America, Argentina, that area. You know, but for me, like when it came to long distance swimming, eventually your ego would break and you would begin to realize that there was more molecules of water outside of you than inside of you. you merge <laughs> with the water and once and once you can merge with the water, you let the water move you. You don't move the water. And that was a big awakening for me in my late 20s, early 30s. Like I don't have to force everything to be successful in my life. That's crazy. And I mean, think about swimming and breathing. Like, did you start, is this where you started thinking about breathing? Because swimming is one of those things where if you don't breathe right, you're not going to make it. <laughs> uh, you know, your lungs are like an internal life jacket. And, uh, you you want to keep air in there because you, you want to have your hips above water so that it's easier for us to glide. Oh, see, then it becomes more about biomechanics. Jeez. Ed, I see where it all began for you. <laughs> it's all about efficiency. You know, it's really about efficiency, whether you're, you know, a contact athlete or you're just a triathlete. It's all about really finding that flow. So you're not resisting the environment. You're merging with the environment and then using the environment to meet your goal. Oh, my gosh. That makes that makes so much sense. I think just a lot of people don't think about it like that. That's really neat. Yeah, so thank you. So speaking about this, though, can you tell us how somebody should be considering their breath like on day to day, like whether it's about well-being, whether it's for performance, like how do we start to hone in and really focus on how our bodies respond to the way that we breathe? Great question. You know, if you're going to train the 610 muscles of the body, the number one muscle you should be looking at to train first is our thoracic diaphragm. As trainers and professionals, number one, it's the primary muscle of inhale. So it draws fresh energy into our body and it takes energy to get things done, the capacity to get from point A to point B. But also the thoracic diaphragm when engaged correctly is the number one muscle, muscle for efficient patterns of movement, connecting the lower body with the upper body, keeping the spine straight and preparing us for excellence and that amazing exhale. So for most folks, closing the mouth is the place where we want to start exhaling longer than the inhale when you're outside of the gym. So you're kickstarting that parasympathetic relaxation response. You're kickstarting fat burning metabolism as you move through the day. You're saving your precious glucose for the brain. So the brain is sharp in the decision-making process. And we move through a better rhythm through the day when we're exhaling longer than the inhale. And that's just really something that we're missing because you know, folks are hypersensitive. They have good moods, bad moods, good days, bad days. We want to be an endurance human being with little bursts of sprints, not a human being sprinting all the time with little bursts of endurance. Fair, fair. So I have a follow-up question though. So everything that I remember hearing, so instead of focusing more on the exhale, which relaxes you, right? It relaxes your nervous system. When you breathe more sharply on your inhale, uh, maybe not, I guess it's not the duration. It's like a sharp inhale, sharp mm -hmm. exhale will invigorate you and wake you up, right? Does that, so the way that we breathe, does it change based on what we're doing or should this be a general focus no matter what you're doing? That's, that is spot on so good. There's so much there to unpack. Okay, number one, Going back to the last question, when we're exhaling through our nose longer than our inhale, remember, we're exhaling as much oxygen, CO2, as we're inhaling, O2. 
So when you're exhaling slowly, the brain is extracting the oxygen from the carbon that's going back out into the field. So it'll add those two oxygen molecules to the next inhale you take. So you have twice as much energy, but calm energy to first mentally see things clear and then execute by relaxing the body. So the inhales for the brain, the exhales for the body. Stimulate the brain, brain be curious, be dialed in, have your intention, but relax into it with your body. Now, the fast breathing through the nose, this will, this will stimulate you. Why does that happen? Because the lungs are amazing organs. The lower lobes of the lungs, like we were breathing earlier, the lower lobes are parasympathetic. They have oxygen-rich, hemoglobin-rich nerve endings that produce a relaxation response. Straighten the spine. Activate the enteric nervous system of the solar plexus. Now, the top sleeve of the lungs, totally different animal. Big sympathetic nerve endings. Fight or flight. Cortisol and adrenaline. The ability to spike through things. It's basically, it was used to save a life or get food back in ancient times. So if we want to spike up some energy, we'll breathe quickly through our nose. It'll activate these sympathetic nerve endings in the top of the lungs, and it'll give us that quick burst of energy that we're looking for when we need it. And it's also a great tool to bypass that mouth exhale when you're struggling in cardio. Oh, so use your nose. Fair. So instead of going, go real fast through your nose, it'll reset the oxygen levels of the brain and it'll get the higher levels of carbon dioxide out of the brain, which tune the amygdala down. It brings the hypothalamus down and you can get back to the hippocampus and reestablish executive functioning in the thought process. Oh, and this all makes sense. You are connecting so many dots for me and I'm sure for other people right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you, Jen. So simple. I, I have a follow-up question to that, Ed. Uh, you and I spoke a couple, boy, I guess it's been three, four months ago now, right after my son got injured. And uh, you had mentioned, and I never took you up on the offer because we were so busy with everything else and just trying to get, it, get, get him moving again. But you had mentioned that you, through breathing techniques, we could train his VO2 max, his acidosis threshold. We could, we could actually train his energy Ooh. systems without him being able to walk. Exactly. Can you expand on that? Because it kind of ties into what Jenny was saying there. Here's the thing about the way I like to teach the breath work in regard to recovery, rehabilitation, and athletic training. You should be able to get the four pillars of training in the same second, which means I become super efficient. I can use my breath to stimulate cardio. I can use my breath to stimulate strengthening, stretching, and meditation or mindfulness all in the same second. So we have someone who can't move their body at the pace that they normally are used to doing it. So it begins with some walking. So how can we hack into our cardiovascular system and spike our heart rate up and it'll trick the body into thinking he's running, but he's not ready for that yet. So we can get all the benefits of running and sprinting, but we're only rehabbing and walking. So there's thousands of different breath control sequences that we can do in regard to spiking his heart rate up. So right now, if we wanted to imagine ourselves walking, we just exhale through our nose, we hold the breath out and we walk. Well, after a period of time, the brain is going to sense a carbon dioxide buildup as if we're actually sprinting, but we're only walking. And then we inhale and we hold the breath in 
twice as long as we held it out. That's the general rule of thumb. You normally can hold your breath in twice as long as you can hold it out. And it's very detoxifying to waste that's impeding oxygen distribution. So if we wanted to take your son and raise his heart rate right after he got back up to walking, we would just have him go for a walk and control his breath. He'd exhale, hold the breath out for five, inhale, hold the breath in for 10. Take five resting steps. And then exhale, hold the breath out for 10, inhale, hold in for 20. Take 10 resting steps, get your heart rate back down. Exhale again, hold the breath out for 15, inhale, hold it in for 30, take 15 resting steps. So there's ways that we can incorporate little ways to hack in the, the, re, the rehabilitation process to trick the heart into thinking that we're running, but we're only walking. Oh, that is so cool. It doesn't know the difference. And I mean, if you think about it, it is literally a physiological response to your breath, which is why when you get all amped up, we start breathing. Like you said, we get all, and then it just makes you more amped up, right? And I tell my athletes that all the time. I have one lover to death. Her name's Summer. I don't know if she's going to listen to this. She's a beach volleyball player and she gets super, super amped up when she plays to the point where her first point in, she's like, like she just ran 12 miles. And I'm like, Summer, you need to breathe because your brain is going to start forgetting things real quick here because it doesn't have enough oxygen. Like you're just... You're doing too much. Your nervous system is overloaded. And then you'd be surprised what your uh, muscle memory, as they call it, right? That goes away when you're not, when you can't breathe. Um, God, that all makes so much sense when it's all, when you realize that it is all connected. Um, So, but how can we do that as far as relaxation or if somebody's having a hard time sleeping or have poor quality sleep? How can they utilize their breath techniques to improve their sleep or their relaxation or that mindfulness? Well, I'm a firm believer that things that happen unconsciously are occurring because what's happening when we're conscious during the day. In other words, the choices that we're making during the day are affecting the unconscious choices at night. So by the time you're looking to readjust your sleep at bedtime, it's too late for that night. Your body and brain are going to respond to what, how much stress you had that day, maybe what your workout is, whatever you've eaten, how your relationships are going in your life. So for me, when I'm working with sleep, folks, the first thing we do is as soon as we open our eyes in the morning in bed, we just take several long, slow, deep breaths. We eavesdrop on the quality of our mind because every day the mind is a little different. It really doesn't repeat itself. And you just witness the mind and you notice, am I dialed in? Am I out of it? You know, how do I want to react going through the day? But either way, as soon as you open your eyes, it's time for gratitude. Bring that attitude of gratitude. You're a special human being. You've been brought to earth to do great things. It has to happen from the inside out. And you want to be that person today that is going to replace the smile maybe for somebody who can't find their own. And just that service we give to each other, filling your mind with that. As soon as you wake up, it begins to set the tone for how your heart's going to interact with your brain during the day. We need a lot of serotonin on the body during the day and in the brain because it's the prerequisite for melatonin. So if you're, going to work, if you're going to work out and it's a sympathetic action, you want to add parasympathetic activity to the exercises that are sympathetic. And you do that with breath control. Exercise brings up a lot of acidity. You want to use techniques that bring alkalinity to acidity. So you're balancing that as you move through the day. You want to do breathing during the day that counterbalances what's taking place in the external environment. So in the morning, When you have a lot of energy, it's nostril exhales longer than the inhale. 
conserve energy in the morning, start to burn fat because fat's your endurance fuel. In the afternoon, you cut the exhale down and you work on your inhales, maybe those quick bursts, maybe some deeper, longer inhales, adding more depth to the air coming into the lungs. So the sun's going down and the moon's going up. So you work on the inhale. Notice how our autonomic nervous system is just a reflection of nature. There's, there's light and there's dark. There's sun and there's the moon. And we can counterbalance the environment with breath control during the day. And we want to conserve energy going through the day. Because when we're exhausted, notice the brain doesn't feel safe enough to allow us to get into those deeper delta waves when the body is completely depleted of minerals and water because it thinks we're in danger. Yeah. So take, take care of that breath during the day and you're gonna definitely have a better night's sleep. Oh man, that's what you just said is, <laughs> like I can't even, like yesterday I had a very frantic day, Ed. I was like, I woke up in the morning, I got home from the gym, had a great workout and I bent over to pick up a dog poop bag, full disclosure, and my phone fell out of my bag, which I drop all the time and it cracked this time. From then on, my day was like, like, I felt off all the rest of the day. And you know what, Ed, I wear a whoop. My recovery score was red this morning. You just, you just explained my entire last 24 hours. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen again. You're, you're going <laughs> yeah, to learn from that and you're going to become more aware and you're going to have more tools in your toolbox to self-regulate and become more resilient when life sometimes throws us a curveball. Oh, man, that's crazy. So it's all just being mindful. And you used that word earlier, mindfulness. Um, we should technically be mindful in every, pretty much every moment of our day, as often as we can anyway, um, to make sure that we're getting our breathing techniques right, to make sure that our body is in homeostasis or working towards it, right? How do you get the best workout as possible while at the same time, using the least amount of energy as possible to achieve that. Uh, the idea is you're going to get up every day. You've got like a quarter wood. And the idea is how can I get through my day and don't use that whole cord? I use three quarters of a cord. Now I've got a, a quarter of the cord on hold that I can bring into Tuesday. And I start Tuesday with another quarter wood. So I'm gradually building a large reservoir of strength and flexibility, strong immunity, as I move through my week, I'm not getting weaker as the week unfolds. I'm oxygenated. I have endurance physiology qualities, which leads to mental endurance qualities where we can bounce back faster when we've lost our mojo. Absolutely. Yeah. Mental focus is huge. Now, I have a question for you, though, Ed. Is there a way that somebody could be, I guess it's personal, but is there a way that people can understand like halfway through my day, yo, I'm not on the right track. I'm not doing the things that I need to do. There's still time to switch it. Like, is there something that we could be aware of? Like, is it that your breath is super short? Do we time something? Is there an assessment for this? So like you, like if you're in the gym in the middle of the day and the day hasn't worked out the way that you would have preferred, we've got to, we got to get back in the body and that felt sense of being ourselves, being our unique individual and allowing, not going to war with yourself. Okay. Every day is not going to be the Super Bowl. The sun's not going to come out every day. There's going to be these rainy days. So like, just say I was coming over to like, say uh, like the lat pull down machine and I have the bar right here. I'm going to inhale, hold my breath and I'm going to do 10 reps, 10, nine, eight. And I'm just going to hold my breath in and just get the felt sense of what's taking place 
in the upper back. The back, that's where stress first forms. When it's recent, the trunk of the neck, up through the upper back line. And you just hold the breath in while you do these 10 reps. Now you're going to get cardio. You're going to add aerobic activity that something's normally anaerobic. You exhale, inhale, now do eight. Slow motion. Really force your brain where it's hyper to slow down and get present in the body. And then exhale and then inhale, do six. So you're just using lighter weight than you normally would, but you're just dropping into your body and the present moment and you're rewriting the story, the narrative, and getting control of the narrative between your ears by just doing a negative ladder, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, with breath holds because mm -hmm. you're bringing cardio to that. And then when you get done, you're going to stand up and you have this uninterrupted inhale, and then the day is completely fresh again. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to try that. Not today. Yeah. I felt good today. I felt good today. <laughs> <laughs> just play, uh, play with the breath. I'm, I'm still fixated on Jenny's comment about when you swam 12 hours, if you reached the middle. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, that was like 10 minutes ago. Uh, but <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I think I've ever I mean. Oh, he, up with, and he, never, <laughs> yeah, he never fell off the edge. So I know, uh, right? <laughs> You're on to <laughs> Time for another ISSA rapid review. Richard had this to say about our strength and conditioning certification. I loved this course. It was very well laid out, challenging, and I'm ready to begin my next chapter of life as an ISSA certified professional. Thanks, Richard. So Ed, in your practice, in your in your day-to-day -day practice, and I know that you're you know involved in a lot of things between authoring and educating and consulting and so forth. But my understanding is you combine neuroscience with mindfulness, you know, based practices like we've been talking about, the belief in human potential, like we've been talking about. How do you utilize that in what you currently do as a business and as a practice? Well, I'm deeply concerned with mental health and the health of the brain and keeping the brain plastic and curious and growing and coming up with new ideas all the time. And I know that when my heart rate is up and I've lost control of my heart rate, I've actually lost control of my mind. I'm, I'm not fully present. I'm not as uh, grounded as I'd like to be. So number one, I really wanna take care of my mind and I wanna observe my mind. I don't want my mind observing me, judging me. I want to remain the CEO of the thought process in the movie that's taking place in my mind. I know that the right prefrontal lobe, the most conscious area of the brain, is basically a place of intuition, curiosity, beginner's mind, new learnings. And when you're stressed, you really don't want to learn new things. You're kind of wrestling with something that happened years ago as if it's happening in real time. Then you have this beautiful left frontal lobe, which is our analytical, our strategizing, the place where we go to put things together. And we have these two prefrontal lobes, and there's ways that we can breathe through our nose, alternate nostril breathing, which lights these up on BMRI machines, and we can balance these two prefrontal lobes and live in a flow state. And learning how to control the breath we're concerned with fat metabolism in the body and neuroplasticity in the brain so that we're always growing and we're always using the least amount of energy as possible to get from point A to point B. 
That's awesome. So is that a technique somebody can use if they have anxiety or like you said, or kind of living in the past, something that happened last week, two weeks ago, like somebody said this to me and it upset me and I'm reliving it. Cause I'm glad to know Ed that I'm not the only person who has mental movies and they're always playing always. And I'm like, I like, I literally just drifted off and then came back. I was like, who was driving while you were away? Who was driving? Um, my old chemistry professor at Colorado State used to say that. Um, Dr. Thompson, love it. Um, but is that the way somebody can like, if they're having anxiety or something is just bothering them that they have zero control over in the moment, can they stop and do that kind of mindfulness practice um, for say five minutes? And will that kind of help them reset? You don't even need five minutes. All you need is a minute. Here's what I'll suggest. If you're having one of these events, number one, we all know being in the fitness business, the squat, putting our body weight against gravity is still the number one exercise of all time. Sure. So, so if you just drop into like a baby squat and you inhale and you hold the breath in for three or four seconds and you just contract every muscle that your brain can feel in your soft tissue for five seconds and then exhale hold the breath out for five seconds. And again, squeeze everything that your brain can sense from the soles of your feet to the features of your face, and then relax and do 30 seconds of alternate nostril breathing. You're going to drop completely into a space where you're going to feel safe to be you. You're going to drop into the present moment where you are safe 99.9% .9 of the time. These are just thoughts. You know, there's no polar bear coming down the hallway here. <laughs> So mine was a T-Rex. It was always a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same thing. But the thing is, like when you breathe through your nose and you create these spikes of energy, the heart rate doesn't stay high as long. When you breathe through your mouth and you spike your heart rate up, your heart rate remains higher because there's more adrenaline and cortisol in the bloodstream. And it takes a longer time to bring the heart rate back down and reboot yourself. So your heart rate variability score is going to be very low. Mm -hmm. So you can hyperventilate through your mouth. You can't hyperventilate through your nose because there's too much distance for the air to travel. Fair. That makes sense. And every time you say talk about breathing through your mouth, I close my mouth. <laughs> right. Apparently I sit here with my mouth open. <laughs> That's why I eat so much, Jenny. Is so that, I know. You know, when, I, when I'm eating, I have to breathe through my nose. So the more uh, I eat, I, I the, more eat the more parasympathetic I am. Ed laugh at me because like every meeting we go on that's a video call they're like oh what's Jenny eating now <laughs> food, you know. it's all right it's just that energy makes, that makes so much <laughs> sense though so like when you in any of your books have like outside of what you just told us that one minute like holding that squat and focusing on that breathing are there any other techniques that somebody can employ like during the day or a trainer can use with their clients right they notice their clients having a really weird day hey you seem really stressed today um let's try this what yeah. would that look like? You, you want to get your clients out of their head and into their body right away. You want to tap them into their gastric fire because that's in the present moment. And that's really what we're trying to do is, you know, we're, nobody's dying of muscle cancer. Okay. People are dying of organ cancer and heart disease. And what's, what's going to help that out? Your thoracic diaphragm. It's an amazing plunger going up and down. So in between sets, if you want to add a little mindfulness to that, Simply inhale slowly, diaphragmatically, hold the breath in for a two count. Exhale slowly through your nose, hold the breath out for a two count. I'm not recommending depriving the brain of oxygen. I'm just trying to create a little gap between that natural space of the end of the inhale and the initiation of the exhale and the end of the exhale and the initiation of the inhale. 
It happens 20,000 times every day, but we can use our mind to hack our autonomic nervous system and create a larger gap. And in that gap, it's silent, it's still. And when we're in a high state of stress, it's not silence and it's not stillness. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Cause that's, I've, I've tried to do this before. Like sometimes where you just feel like you're moving too fast in the gym and you just mm-hmm. stop and you say, maybe not sit on the machine. Cause maybe somebody wants to work in, but like find somewhere to sit, put your phone away, turn your music off, or maybe keep it on if it keeps the noise out um, and just breathe a little bit. Plus it gives you a chance to actually rest and let your actual energy systems, your physiology catch up with what you're doing as well. And a lot of times when we do that, we're like, Oh, I'm wasting time. But then you feel a whole lot better when you go back to it. That's so important and well said, because as Americans, we're great at winding things up, but we're not too good at unwinding them. And your exhale is already an onboard physiological, psychological process to unwind whatever you just wound up. Absolutely. Do you practice yoga or anything like that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. And I like to do yoga with weights and just hand weights, slower weights, so I can build some strength and tension in some of these great therapeutic yoga postures. So again, I'm getting more out of less. Absolutely. I did that once at Core Power Yoga. Shout out Core Power Yoga. I did a sculpt yeah. class and I almost died. So good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I may look strong, but if we had the little baby, like three pounders, I almost died. <laughs> Jen Spiro was my, uh, my teacher. Shout out to Jen. <laughs> I love it. No, that's awesome though. Yeah, mindfulness, mindfulness practice. Um, and you were talking about the Eastern techniques. That's, that's huge. And it's, it's becoming big, but there's so much validity behind it, no matter what your main training is or your main fitness goal. Um, that's a great way to recenter yourself and do it regularly. Yeah, that's what I tried to do a long, long time ago. I knew that my original training was frequency, intensity, duration. How long do you do it? How hard do you do it? Uh, you know, that type of training. But then it was like, wait a second. If I can control my breath, or I can create parasympathetic or sympathetic breath angles what is the angle of movement that i'm using to achieve my goal and is the pattern of movement efficient and what is the angle i'm using in my mind to get from rep one to rep 10 or whatever or 10 to one whatever you're doing and then balance you know the whole idea of all of this why do we go to the gym is because we want to be in balance physically mentally emotionally spiritually as we move through our life and we don't want to be out of balance as much because it's not as much fun being ourselves so adding breath balance, breath angles and balance into frequency, intensity, or duration, you've just taken something that was thousands of years apart, and in your own way, you're hybriding the sport to the next level. That's awesome. So interesting. I, I, I could go on and on, and, and maybe offline, I've got another type of scenario, but I want to be respectful of our time here. I know, I do too. I have questions about yawning and stuff. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what would be, uh, you know, something that, that we would like to learn a little bit more about, Jenny and I, and I know our listeners, because you've authored books and techniques, uh, you've developed breath as medicine trainings. And can you talk a little bit about what those are? Yeah, I have a 15-hour training in the can for uh, fitness professionals. And I also have a 25-hour training, which is an extension of the 50-hour training, which moves more into coaching and uh, body-centered psychotherapy. And it's just a wider platform with, with more techniques. And in the trainings, you learn basically eight different breathing, individual exercises, and how to incorporate 
them seamlessly into what you're doing in your life. Number one, for you first. And then number two, it's for your clients second. And then adding this breath, because it really is one of the most important things with nutrition, sleep, water. I mean, it all revolves around what's taking place in the breath. And uh, these programs, I've had them for three or four years now. And everyone who takes them gets a private with me uh, so that I can customize whatever platform you find yourself in so that you can start to teach this right away so that you're unique as a trainer in regard to what you're bringing to your that uniqueness. I think all of us want to be unique out in that big ocean of fitness and training. And when you can start that some really high quality breath work into what you're doing, your clients, well, first of all, you're going to be blown away at the power that you have inside you that's deeply connected to your breath and how intelligent the breath is. It's intelligent all on its own. It knows where you're holding tension and it'll go there on its own if you just have the techniques in place to execute the various uh, things that you're working through. So the breath's intelligent on its own and then sharing that with your clients, you'll see gains so much faster and with more optimal recoveries. So I, I just think it's an amazing thing to bring to folks and anybody who takes the training, if they type in ISA 20, they get a 20% discount. Nice. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Nice. So I have to say 20. Um, where can they find this course? Is it so it's online? And then of course, then they set up their, their private with you. Where can they find this course and any of the books that you've written about breathing techniques? Yeah. So you can go to my site, www.edharold, that's two rs.com. And that just has a plethora of all sorts of educational opportunities. It's a place where you can buy my books. And uh, there's a lot of lectures on there from things that we've done throughout the world in regard to just when you're teaching breath, I mean, you cross many platforms, whether it's neurological, whether it's cardiovascular, whether it's patterns of movement, whether it's endurance athletes, everything is encompassed in this umbrella. And since we're multidimensional beings, all of us are, you know, it's just a nice segue to get more out of less, more quality first over quantity. Love it. Very cool. Now, if anybody wants to connect with you directly, I know you have social media and such. Is your website a good spot for them to reach out to you at or where, where else can people find you? Yeah, you can go to the website and just email me with any questions you have or there's a bunch of social media stuff where you can get. There's a ton of free stuff out there just to wet your whistle so you can find out for yourself as a kinesthetic visual learner. Is this right for me? And you're probably a lot like me. So you're going to if you love energy, you're going to love this. Nice. Very nice. And then I just, I have a question about your book. So your book, it, you can buy a hard copy and you also have an audio book of uh, your life with breath one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So life with breath is my first book and just gives you a little bit about my story. You can bypass that. You get right into the science. Like, why do I want to do this? But it's science that you can tell your clients where it's not too sciencey, where it's like street language. So they're going to get it. So it's not like you're talking to doctors and nurses at the hospital, something that in the gym that's very applicable that folks are going to resonate with right away. And then you have a 30-day breathing program from the step, step one all the way to step 30. And once you master this stuff in the book, as the book, as the days involved, bring it into all of your workouts and see if you don't get more out of less and have more joy in your life. That's awesome. I love that it comes with a one month program or 30 day program. Very cool. This is so awesome. Ed, you're awesome. I love you. And, and you always have these. I can tell you're what's wait, what's your sign? Capricorn. Oh, 
there. Okay. Um, Cause I was like, you love water. You, you talk a lot about water and the ocean and stuff. So I love it. It's a, uh, yeah, you're a joy to talk with. Very nice. I love it. Um, you swam out to the middle of the ocean. To the middle. He made it and he got in the boat and came back. <laughs> oh, That's what no. I would have done. I said, send the helicopter to come get me. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I don't run like Dan does, where you run outside. I run on a treadmill if I must run, because when you run outside, what people forget is you might get to where you're going, but then you also got to get back. So, uh. <laughs> Hey, Dan, you've been on some pretty epic journeys and runs yourself, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. But uh, my longest swim was eight hours, 15 minutes. So you've, you've got me by a good 25% there. Well, you know, as you look deeper, you realize life, is, life isn't competitive. That's right. No, I, I think I, it is. Nah, that's uh, that's a long time, brother. Thank you, bud. <laughs> no, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us, Ed. And uh, hopefully you're going to be getting a lot more people signing up um, to take your courses. Uh, so hopefully you'll be doing a lot more private sessions soon. <laughs> uh, I, look, I, I just love people just like you guys. I'm a people person. I love eye contact. And you know what? Let's put it all aside and let's move forward from here. Love it. Very nice. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for listening. Dan, do you have any last words for our listeners today? Don't say just breathe. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, that's a song. Though. <laughs> a good song, actually. Um, if you listen to Country Western, it was, the, uh, that's the two kinds of music, by the way. The only two kinds of music. <laughs> but uh, I digress. So, you know, uh, last words here is don't overlook what one might think of as the obvious or the inconsequential. Remember, I always saying, keep learning, keep learning. Something that's, that's innate like breathing, uh, without some research and understanding, you won't realize the power that you have over all the things that I just talked about, recovery, energy, health, uh, how you view life and your surroundings and your environment and how you interact with others through something that you do innately every day, but you can make, make subtle changes and have huge impact. So keep learning folks, nothing is inconsequential. Right. That's awesome. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. And uh, second of all, uh, Ed, I'm on your website right now. I'm totally trolling you. You have a podcast. How did you fail to mention this? Uh, you know, marketing is not my strong point. I'm a better person. <laughs> <laughs> You, you young kids got all this uh, computers. And I'm just some old fart out there trying to help everybody move forward. Oh my gosh, you guys. Okay, so I have a podcast feed. I love it. And whenever somebody tells me about a new podcast, I will binge it. So now I'm binging this. Thank you. It's called Discover Your Life with Breath. Ed Harold, um, Life with Breath podcast. So look it up. It's on his website. So that's a great place to link to it. And then I've already looked it up. It's on Spotify. I know that for a fact. So that's my platform of choice. So definitely check it out, guys. Uh, lots of great guests that you have on here, it looks like, too, to share this and ways that you can incorporate it. Kettlebell workers, uh, meditation. Oh, man, Ed, the list goes on. I love it. But yes, thank you, guys. In closing, this has been a fabulous session. I am like already being more aware of my breathing and I will work to close my mouth more. <laughs> Which also means I might lose a couple of LBs. Maybe I'll eat a little less, who knows? But thank you again for sharing all your expertise and your knowledge with us. And to our listeners out there, as usual, guys, I remind you to make good choices. We will be talking to you soon.